Jesus uses parables to announce the kingdom of God in a way that forces us to stop and reconsider. And just as we looked at last week, we're going to continue to stop and reconsider as we think about the words of Jesus in the stories he told. And today we're going to look at one from Luke chapter 16. Here it is. There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. And the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig. Am I ashamed to beg? I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, How much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the the eternal homes." Whoever is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Well, here we are, an amazing parable here by Jesus, one that is a little bit confusing. What is going on? What's Jesus really saying here as he's talking to his disciples? Uh, Is he trying to tell us that we are meant to be dishonest with the money that we have or be dishonest with other people's money? Is that the the story of what the, the message that Jesus is trying to tell in this parable? Well, we're going to have a look at the significance of what is going on as we actually stop and try and read and actually reconsider how Jesus is calling people to live through this story. And again, let me just remind us that these parables aren't just a a nice little sermon and illustration, but these are the way that Jesus actually chose to present the kingdom of God. Here he is showing kingdom values, presenting them to us as real important parts of the kingdom of God that Jesus was bringing. So it's so important for us to take note and understand what he is doing with the parable of the unjust steward. Now let us take some context. Let's let's have a little look at around about what what is going on. See Luke 16 is placed in in a situation where it's after Luke 15. Crazy. I know. But in Luke 15 if you if you're aware, uh, it 
in it has a block of three parables just before it. And uh, the last parable is probably the most well-known parable of Jesus's out of all the parables. And that's the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son. Uh, and uh, Luke 15 starts off by an, in, with an interaction with the Pharisees, with the religious leaders of that day. Uh, and it says in Luke 15, verse 1, Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus tells them these parables. And he, he outlines three parables. One, firstly, of the lost sheep. And then how he finds the sheep and everyone rejoices. And then there's the lost coin. And they find the coin and everyone rejoices. And then there's the lost prodigal son, which is so familiar and so well known. Uh, and it's actually, I'm going to go deeper into that parable early, uh, later on this week in my devotion. So check out for that to kind of hear some more insight into that parable. But the ultimate thing that Jesus is trying to show is the value on people's, people's lives, that these Pharisees, they didn't kind of care for these sinners and they didn't care for people who were lost. And so they were like, why would you want to hang out with those people? They didn't have value on those people. But Jesus is showing that all people are welcomed, all people are forgiven, and that we have this amazing ability to actually just rejoice because people are being saved. People are finding the forgiveness and the freedom and the love that is in Christ. And so straight after finishing the parable of the prodigal son, we get the verse in 16, verse 1. Straight after that, he turns to his disciples, Jesus does, and he says this parable of the unjust steward. And uh, so you, you immediately want to think about and recognize the importance of what he's doing in Luke 15 and mapping it on to this parable itself. And more than that, it's more than just straight after it, but there are so many parallels with what's going on with the prodigal son and with the unjust steward. Uh, both, both parables start with the phrase, a certain man. That's the first thing. Both, both parables, um, the people squander the wealth. They squander, the, the, the lost son, prodigal son, squanders the wealth of the father. And uh, this steward squanders the man's, the master's property, his wealth. And the same Greek word that is being used here. Both uh, individuals in the stories, they betray the trust of the superior person. Both seek relief through this crisis and through this moment. They're seeking a relief from that um, owner or, or, or the father. And both uh, receive unexpected responses. Both receive a forgiveness that just seems unfair. And so it's important to note out that Jesus here is probably doing this intentionally. He's showing these two stories and backing onto them one after the other as a, as a, a significance and an, an, an importance to recognize that the, the theme of what is being told through the prodigal son kind of continues on here in the unjust steward. And that theme of relentless forgiveness, despite what we've done, relentless forgiveness and how we should treat one another despite our flaws, despite our wrongdoings, that there is a kingdom value, the first kingdom value that Jesus is trying to present here, that there is extreme forgiveness and value for all people. That's the first value Jesus is trying to get into our heads, that there is extreme forgiveness and value for all people. 
And if we look at this, the unjust steward, and, and even think about the amounts that um, the steward kind of goes in and, and tries to clear the, uh, half of the debts of these people that owed money to the, his master. And we look at the amounts, they're very large amounts that they owe. And so they're extreme amounts that this um, unjust steward is, is kind of relieving of these people. And if we think about the, the hundred jugs of oil, as it's written in my Bible, it says jugs, um, that this, this was a quantity, it was actually called a bath of oil. Uh, and it was a uh, hundred baths of oil was actually 3,000 litres. It, equi- it equaled 150 olive trees. It equaled three years of a single person's wage. Now, this was a lot of oil that was owed to this master, and, and this steward just cuts it in half. So that three years is now just a, a year and a half that you owe left to my master. And then this 100 uh, containers of wheat, that this was equal to uh, 1,100 uh, bar, uh, bask, uh, bushels of wheat. There's a lot of wheat. There was enough wheat to feed 150 people for a whole year. 150 people for a whole year, this amount of wheat would feed them. It equaled to seven and a half years of labor. It was a massive amount of wheat. And so he's like, you're 100? All right, cut that to 80. You can you no longer have to, to do this. And so he's, he's cutting at least around three, three and a half years of labor from these people saying you no longer have to do this anymore. You you know, look at what I'm doing for you. Look at how I'm treating you. Look at what I'm giving you in result of this. This is a large, extra amount. And what is amazing is it, he goes on to do this and straight after him telling this, this guy that it's now 80, it says in verse 8, straight away it doesn't have anything else, no extra narrative. It's just his master commended him for his dishonest manager for the to the dishonest manager he commended him i mean that's a bit strange at first you're like all right he's doing these crazy things this is not good this is not he's going to get in trouble for this and the people hearing this story they'll be like no no he's 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 gone he's going to be sued he's going to be in prison he's going to be a slave there's going to be things that happen to this guy because he's doing it wrong this is this is illegal this is not right and straight away jesus just turns it and says he commended him Sure, I mean, he's, he's still lost his job. He's still not going to be the manager because he's, he's not doing well managing his properties. But he's like, you know what? All right, you, you're okay with me. I, I commend you. You've done, you know, you haven't, you haven't done well at managing my properties, but you're a shrewd little guy that has kind of just loved people and embraced people rather than kind of seeking it and taking the wealth for yourself rather than kind of going, all right, what can I do in this moment of crisis? How can I take and, and receive everything for myself? He's actually gone, how can I actually love on others and actually kind of help others in this situation? And so this is a time of crisis that this guy is going through. This is a moment where he's faced with, all right, I, I've just lost my job and I've this has gone down. How am I going to respond? And would you know it? We're in a crisis moment right now. And people are losing their jobs, unfortunately. There are things that are happening in, in our world around us where this kind of crisis moment causes us to think about how will we respond in the midst of this crisis moment? Are we going to respond at trying to figure out how we can attain what we need or are we actually going to look out 
around us and see how we can help others around us as well. This is an extreme kingdom value that Jesus here is trying to enforce on his disciples and the Pharisees who are listening. He's trying to get across this point that there is extreme forgiveness and value for all people. Not only is he doing that, but there's something going on with money that's important to take note of. There's something, there's a value that Jesus is trying to present to his disciples and to the Pharisees about money that we need to try and understand. Straight after him sharing this, Jesus sharing this uh, parable and adding a bit of extra, uh, uh, which of which I read from verse 10 to 13, it gives us a little bit of the narrative of what the Pharisees' response were to Jesus telling this. It says in verse 14, it says, The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all this, and they ridiculed him. They're just like, you are just silly. This is a dumb parable. This is not a good story because that's not how life works. Money is so much more important than that. And, so, and then verse 15, So Jesus said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is prized by human beings is an abomination in the sight of God. Wow, that's just... It's kind of deep stuff and something that we need to stop and reconsider and think about and chew on. How is God actually calling people in their finances to live with their money and their wealth to live? Is he calling people to just do with whatever they can in dishonest ways just to love others? In dishonest ways, as long as you're kind of stealing from the rich to give to the poor, that's the kind of way that Jesus is calling us to live. I don't, th- I don't think that's, that's the way. It's easy to think that that's, that might be what Jesus is saying, to try and be dishonest in a certain way so you can give to others. But that's not the point of what Jesus here is saying. You see, in, in some of the wording that is being used, this, this word wealth that Jesus refers to is, is this uh, really well-known word of mammon. And mammon was, was more than just wealth. It was, it was this, this uh, rich meaning of whatever you put your trust in. It's this thing that you put your trust in. It was the mammon. It was this, this sense that it, it was what I put my hope and my trust in. It's mammon. It's wealth. It's money. That was often what it was referred to, wealth and money. Uh, but it's, it can be a number of things. And it, if you've been a part of our ID groups, uh, idols are a big thing and big subject of what we've been talking about. It's this sense that this thing that we long for, this mammon, this thing that we desire. And wealth is a very real, real deal, which we put our hope and our trust in. And Jesus here uh, is saying that it's uh, you, to make friends yourselves by dishonest wealth is the English um, translation, but in Greek it is mammon of un- unrighteousness. It's as if he here is saying is make friends for yourself by use of money, which is so easily put to the wrong. It's to put yourself in a good position through your use of money, which so easily leads astray, so that when uh, when it's all over, when this age is over, God will receive you into His eternal dwelling. 
It's as if this this place, this position, that we're like this money, which is so it can lead you astray. That can it's it's used for unrighteous things. It's used to glorify self. It's used for prideful, selfish ways. It's it's used in this realm in, in, with the unrighteousness of humanity. Money can pull us and can pull at our hearts, can pull at our what we want, and can pull at how we act and behave to others. Money has this gross creepy feeling that kind of forces us to do things that we we know isn't quite right and it has this pull on our hearts and Jesus here is saying no no what you're meant to do with this unrighteous money this unjust money this bit of wealth that can actually pull at your hearts and that can lead you astray is what you're called to do is to use it for the benefit of others is to put yourself in a good position that you can love others with the use of your money that you can bless others that you can worship and glorify god by the use of your money it's so important to recognize how jesus is calling us to see the value of others and relationships over our money that through the thread of all that jesus is doing through luke 15 luke 16 and then culminating this this these these thoughts to the pharisees who were Put wealth higher than they did the poor people. Put wealth higher than they did these sinners. He's, here he is saying his relationships are more valuable than anything else. The relationships, the people around us, that the people that we, we pass by in the street, the people that we interact with all around us, that is way more valuable than any money or possession or status or, or position that you may have, that money does not equal that value. That true value is found in the people, in the faces you see on the screen, in the, the people that you walk past, that you don't even take a second to think about, that you see someone in need in, in the street, and I've done this so many times, and I, I don't think we need to give money every single time we see someone in, in need. But it's, it's about reaching out and recognizing the value that is in humanity, the value that is so deep in every single person, in your family, in your friends, in the people that you don't like, in the people that you feel like don't deserve your forgiveness, in the people that you pass. There is so much value in every single person in this world. And we need to reconsider how we treat people. We need to reconsider how we love and forgive. We need to reconsider how we actually show value to the people that we interact with. If we're not reconsidering that, and we if we think we've reached a pinnacle of how we treat and love others, then we're, we've fooled ourselves. We need to stop and reconsider how Jesus is calling us to see the value in others and how maybe we've put possessions or we've put a status or we've put our own things ahead of others. And so can we see the importance of what Jesus here is saying? Can we stop and actually take a moment to think about where we're at in our lives? These two kind of key kingdom values that he's presenting in this parable. Firstly, that there is extreme forgiveness and value for all people. And that secondly, relationships are more valuable than the things that we have. Relationships are more valuable than money. And so let's just think about that. 
Let's take a moment to discuss it. Let's let that challenge us to stop and reconsider how we do life and to see how we can love and embrace the values of the kingdom. Thanks, guys. Love you.